This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Dee Simon. And I'm Lance Walkerly. <laughs> <laughs> is that your Irish voice? <laughs> I know, it sounded really bad. I probably should have practiced it first. Well, were you using that all weekend for uh, St. Patrick's Day? If I was using it all weekend, I would it would have came out better. <laughs> that was the yeah, first time. Yeah, but I mean, I, I imagine it sounds much better when you're like severely inebriated. Right, instead of just inebriated. So, dude, did you do anything for St. Patrick's Day? I didn't see you all weekend. Nope. I mean, I drank beer, but it was the weekend, so that's what I would would have been doing anyways. Was it green beer? No. <laughs> did you even get a shamrock shake, for fuck's sake? Actually, I did get a shamrock shake, now that you mention it, but I didn't even put two and two together. You you just got it on your own accord without even thinking? It wasn't really a shamrock shake. It was a shake from Jack in the Box, which I know is one of your favorite restaurants because of the Jack sauce. It's not a fucking shamrock shake, then. But it was a mint shake, is what I'm saying. That's why I didn't put two and two together. I was just like, hey, a mint shake. Yeah, it was green. Okay, so I guess... But I just like a mint shake. I like mint ice cream. I'll have a mint shake. I forgot that, you know, the big thing is the McDonald's shamrock shake. That's that's the only festive thing I did for uh, St. Patrick's Day this weekend is uh, on Friday from work, a couple guys, we, we went out and we found the only McDonald's in San Francisco that was selling shamrock shakes. There's only one. Really? It's in the Embarcadero right by uh, like that whole area they block off for the St. Huh. Um, or all St. the Irish Patrick's people Day. there? <laughs> Oh, dude, there was, seriously, it was like a line Where's of... Where's my fucking shamrock shake? <laughs> it was a line of, like, these Irish riders beating each other up and leprechauns. All these goddamn McDonald's have tortilla shakes. <laughs> Bean-flavored yeah. shake. Eggnog shake. Yeah. But, yeah, no, no we, we ended up getting a shamrock shake. But, seriously, dude, I avoided the city like a, the plague because there's just something about St. Patrick's Day. It's just like brings out all the retards it's just like idiots come over to the city and just get drunk and puke all over each other okay but for the irish people out there happy fucking saint patrick's day <laughs> that's all i gotta say but but one thing i wanted to bring up wackerly you know i i apologize i totally forgot you just had a birthday yes i did so uh happy birthday belated Thanks. wow happy birthday Great. how old are you uh 40 going on 40 <laughs> going on 40 you're 32. 32 you're 32 yes. same age as me but yeah you know i totally missed your birthday and today what what reminded me of is today i was out looking for furniture for the new apartment which i'm going to talk about in about two seconds but i was looking for furniture and uh i came across something i was like you know what Wackerly just had a birthday. This Dude, is I don't a, the need the perfect a, gift. I don't need a toilet seat chair if that's what's gonna happen. No, I, I didn't buy you the toilet seat. Almost, I bought you a toilet seat chair. Okay. But no, instead, this is what I got you. Mm, wow, suspenseful. There you go. Happy birthday, there, Wackerly. Thirty-two years old. Kind of heavy. It's something you've wanted for a long time. <laughs> wow. Whoa! I almost spilled my Thai whiskey. Opening my real whiskey. Yep. Nice. A fifth of Jack Daniels. Always thank you for I, that. I, I figured you'd enjoy that. And, and uh, something else? Here it wow. is, dude. <laughs> An entire book about the films of Mel Gibson. And I do believe the cover has Mel in uh, lethal weapon hair form. 
Although in the inset is the man without a face, which is also one of my favorites. Is that so, what that was called? So, so yeah, I think that was man without a like, face. Where he like had the half burnt out face, yet he was sensitive or something well, like that. Well, crack me up about it is we're at that place called Urban Ore, which is in Berkeley. I don't know if people have been to Urban Ore, but it's kind of like this big flea market type of place, and they have furniture and they have all sorts of just wacky things. But anyways, I I came across that and I was just like, oh, dude. A book about the films of Mel Gibson, Wackerly's favorite director. I gotta buy this. You know, I was just like, I gotta buy this. So I went up to the uh, the the like Bohemian Berkeley dude who was working the register, and I was just like, Hey, uh, how much is this? And he's like, You're seriously gonna buy that? <laughs> and I was just like, It's actually a gift for somebody. He was like, I'm hoping you're buying that jokingly. I was like, No, I'm dead serious, dude. This is good. this is my uh, friend's favorite director. Did you tell him like, I was an anti-Semite drunk? <laughs> so the dude looks at me and he was just like, you know what, just take it. I was like, what, you're not going to charge me? He's like, just take it, okay? Wait. Was, he was pissed. So You're yeah. saying you got this for free? I got it for free. That's what makes it even better, dude. I got no, a bargain. Dude, I'm completely not <laughs> thankful for this anymore. <laughs> dude, I got it for a bargain. But you didn't even pay anything dude, for Dude, the Jew in me, <laughs> the Jew inside of me was just laughing. I was just like, you know what? I'm overjoyed. I'm buying this for Wackerly. And I didn't even have to buy it. I'm going to send an email to Mel <laughs> saying that he was right. <laughs> about the whole Jew thing. Dude, I don't like to give any money to Mel. And so this way, I, I won. You know, I, I just you, you really think, won you think Mel, on all sides of the. You think Mel um, is reaping the, the residuals <laughs> from this book? <laughs> you know the what? Royalties. I, what I right wonder, into my pocket. What I wonder is who bought that book in the first place? The gays. films of Mel Gibson. Gays. I, I, the gays love Mel Gibson. They some really do. do. It's, it's probably not anymore, but at some point they did. May, I'll what, read through. What gay man love Mel Gibson? I, I don't know, but at some point I'll read through this and I'll provide. But a you know, you know what the best thing the about show. that is, is you're gonna get it right now, and you don't want to throw it away because it's a gift. You're gonna put it up on your bookshelf, and probably like maybe two years from now, you're gonna have some pretentious bitch looking over, surveying your book collection, and she's just gonna look through and she's gonna be like, "Oh, wow, you have Hemingway. God, I love Hemingway. Oh, is that Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, I, you know, I love Poe." Films of Mel Gibson. Did you give me? I'm gonna leave. People... <laughs> All right, I get I get your point, but you're also giving people the impression that I have this really pretentious bookshelf, which I have to say that I don't. No, you don't. But I'm just saying. I, she I, might she probably be equally appalled by everything else on my bookshelf <laughs> that I actually did buy. Wow, you have a lot of comic books. <laughs> I'll, you're 34? Great. And then film some Mel Gibson. Yeah, that'll just top it off. <laughs> and then you just won't be getting laid. So really, this is a present to that girl. Because when she sees it, then she'll leave and she'll have you to thank yeah, for warning yeah. her off. Hey, dude, I'm looking out for your future, okay? All right. I just wanted to say happy birthday. Okay, but you know what's going to happen. I'm going to take this down to one of those copy stores. And on your next birthday, you're going to get a t-shirt with one of these pictures <laughs> of Mel Gibson. <laughs> And I'm going to force you to wear a Mel Gibson t-shirt. You know, I'll wear it next time I go to Israel. Yeah. Yeah, might as well. But anyway, uh, as I mentioned before, yeah, so I was looking for furniture for my new apartment. And uh, yeah, so uh, what that implies is that the Sick and Wrong studio is no longer going to be in Oakland anymore. It's now moving to San Francisco's Tenderloin. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, Pacific Heights or something. <laughs> no, dude. I, I couldn't find an apartment in uh, Pacific Heights. But well, no, so that's I, just not sick enough. You have to move someplace that's sick. Dude, so. I'm moving back to the Tenderloin, which I'm excited about. And it's right over at uh, O'Farrell and Jones, which is a particularly nasty uh, intersection over there. 
Also, I think it's by a bunch of residential hotels, massage parlors. Yeah, I don't recommend all night liquor stores. I don't recommend that listeners who come to visit San Francisco try and go find the studio. It's the same building that uh, our friend Vinny used to live in, and you remember Vinny. Vinny, uh, we've talked about here on the podcast. He's that compassionate. uh, What is he? A a social worker? Yeah, nurse or something. And so he used to live in this place. And right after I signed the lease, I check out the place. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Trying to, you know, visualize where I'm going to set up stuff, the sick and wrong studio and all that. And then I get a phone call from Vinny and he's like, dude, you got the apartment. I'm like, yeah. He's just like, which unit did you get? I was like, 23. He's like, oh, dude, that's the place right below where I used to live. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, you know, it's weird. And I was like, what? I was like, he's like, dude, in apartment 23, this Mexican guy stabbed his girlfriend to death, like right in that apartment. I was like, while you were living there? He's like, yeah. It was like right when I was living there. I remember the police showed up and uh, yeah, they like pulled her body out. She's like bleeding everywhere. And uh, yeah, she ended up dying. I was like, okay, so a guy stabbed his girlfriend to death in my apartment, which is going to be the new Sick and Wrong studio. Hmm. Is that fitting? Yeah, I think so. Do you think it's going to be haunted? Um, it's pretty crowded to be haunted. <laughs> Just you and the ghost. Hey, dude, what's up? But what I'm saying, I, I don't believe in ghosts, but do you think that uh, the fact that I'm going to be living in the studio where a guy murdered his girlfriend, do you think she might be haunting the studio? We'll have to see. I mean, who can say? Well, you know what I, what I envision is remember that scene in Ghost where uh, he was making uh, no. pottery? No, I don't. <laughs> dude, I know you saw that movie. You know the scene I'm talking about, that iconic scene where he's making pottery or she's making pottery and like Patrick Swayze and Ghost Form comes behind her and starts making pottery. Do you think I'm going to be making a burrito one day and then like the Mexican ghost lady is going to come up behind me and help me like wrap it up tightly and nice? Uh, I think you should keep your eyes out for that type of stuff. <laughs> Dude, it might happen. Nachos, a burrito, tacos. It's gonna probably going to be like that horrible, annoying band of music going to go off at like four in the morning. I'm going to be like, Jesus, what is this? Where is it coming from? <laughs> where, where is this band of music, this banana boat Mexican music coming from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. But I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm thinking... Probably going to be moving in the next couple of weeks. You you actually, you're looking for a new place in Oakland, aren't you? Yeah, I haven't had any hijinks yet, though, because I'm just kind of lazy and haven't looked very hard yet. Dude, don't get a place where someone hasn't been murdered. I'll try my best. <laughs> Dude, in Oakland, it's not going to be that hard. No. Yeah, At least in the vicinity, somebody will have been murdered. Well, anyway, this is uh, episode 62, I believe, right. of uh, Sick and Wrong. We're in uh, episode 62. And I want to wrap up uh, 61 from last week. And uh, Wackerly, uh, you might be surprised to find this out, but um, it doesn't happen all that often, but the listener won. I kind of, I called that. We both you, called it. You, you, we did call that. I, I remember you calling it particularly. But yeah, um, in uh, episode 61, the listener took that podcast. With the now you stab mommy line? Yeah, I think his name was like Rangi or something. Uh, Rangi, we're going to have to send you a sick and wrong care package. You definitely did win with uh, your story about the guy who gave the knife to his son, two-year-old son, and he said the the famous line here, now you stab mommy, which I think um, uh, we might have to like try to get listeners to make that into like some kind of techno song, like some kind of goth song. Don't yeah, you think so? An MP3. To put it sounds on like it should be like a corn song, like now you stab mommy. So yeah, listeners, send an MP3 of that if, if uh, you really? know how to. I was thinking to... more like John Denver. You think so? <laughs> now you stab mommy. It might work. Yeah. I, I could see that working. 
But yeah, uh, now you stab mommy. Maybe it'll be or the a Barney uh, song. Next top forty song. I don't know. Yeah, it actually sounds pretty good. Maybe like an Iggy Pomp song. I don't want to influence anybody in their creative vision. But uh, you had the story about a teacher who cut a kid's tongue off. I had a story about a Colorado teens who uh, killed their mother. And uh, yeah, a listener came in with 90 votes. You had about 18 votes. And Whoa. I came in with 58. So we totally got slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah, we totally got slaughtered. But oh, the, well, that's but the, the way the uh, cookie crumbles. Yeah, the uh, sick and wrong listening audience has spoken, and the uh, listener did win. So here for episode 62... I believe you started last week, so I'm going to have to kick off the show. People, before we kick off the show, you know of our tradition here on uh, Sick and Wrong. We've talked about it. We're we're about halfway through the Thai whiskey. so A little more than half. Okay. Uh, well, not not about like three quarters. We're about like, what, what would Two you say? Two thirds. Two thirds of the way through? I'm not blind yet. So. All right. So uh, here, before we start off the show. Look at the Irish, do Look at the Irish. <sighs> <coughs> God, that's smooth. Is I it? almost puked. God, that's smooth. Oh, no, God. Dude, that okay. Just does wonders for my heartburn. <laughs> so, uh, people, you know how sick and wrong works. Uh, Wackerly and I compete to see who can find the most disturbing news item of the week, and the audience votes. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. Winner gets case MGD, and occasionally the listener wins. It's the right. wild card. And uh, yeah, the dark horse. The dark horse. Last week, the listener did win. So, uh, let's see what happens. Here for episode 62. So my story here involves um, child abuse. It's been a while. I had a moratorium on uh, animals and child abuse for a little while. You can't stay away from um, them forever, though. Dude, it seems like it's so prevalent in the news right now. Not even right now, all the time. There's always some, some sick fuck out there abusing their child. And in this particular case, it involved a stepmother abusing her stepdaughter. Trial set in 10-year-old's tortured death. Hmm. It's like yeah. a fairy tale. Sounds good. Happened in uh, Utah, Farmington, Utah. Angela Ray Andrews was mentally competent last fall when she allegedly beat, tortured, and murdered her 10-year-old stepdaughter. This is according to reports from two psychologists. With that conclusion, defense attorneys must now begin looking at other possible explanations for the crime as they prepare for her trial. So I think defense attorneys were banking on she was mentally incompetent. She was uh, temporarily insane when she murdered her stepdaughter. So that's why she did it. But now that she's been uh, proven competent, they got to come up with something else. <laughs> so Andrews is uh, 36 years old. She's charged with first-degree felony counts of murder and aggravated sexual abuse for the August 1st, 2006 death of Shelby Andrews, who had severe bruising and swelling of the brain when she died. Um, Andrews here is pled not guilty by reason of diminished capacity to the charges. She claims she was hurting badly from recent surgeries and taking a ton of medication when she committed the alleged deeds here. Like Vicodins? She also said that she was dealing with a very difficult child. Vicodins have never put me into a murderous rampage. Dude, Vicodin would do quite the opposite, don't right. you think? Yeah, that's not as good as like the Twinkie defense. Especially if you're dealing with a difficult kid, I would pop a couple Oxycontin and be like, dude, whatever, go do whatever, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Go play in the street. You know, it's seriously, I'm happy right now. But no, apparently it, uh, it's quite the opposite here in this situation. 
Prosecutors have said Shelby's death, the child's here, death resulted from a misguided attempt at discipline. But they insist that the child did nothing to incur such violent wrath. Three other children in the home were not abused, according to prosecutors. It's, it's the classic, I'll beat you like a red-headed stepchild. Why is it always the stepchildren that are abused? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, dude, I don't know. It's always the stepchildren. Is it because, because you don't she, care about that kid. It's I, not your I, kid. It's The kid didn't come out of her vagina. Right. Even and though she's rearing that, the kid. And you see that kid is in competition with your real kids, and your kids don't get along with that kid to begin with. There's a plethora of reasons why it all comes the stepchild down to catches all the abuse. It all comes down to biology. It's all genetics. It's passing your genes. I don't think it's all genetics. I think it's 50% genetics and 50% social issues. So where do you think the quote, I'll beat you like a redhead stepchild came from? If you had a redheaded stepchild, I think it would be a parent. <laughs> you just, you have your normal you looking. You just don't like ginger kids. <laughs> you, I was a ginger kid when I was born. <laughs> but you, you have your normal looking kids and then just this freckle face, pale ass, redheaded kid comes in and is annoying and he just sticks out like a light bulb. <laughs> and you're going to like, you know what? I'm going to beat the crap out of you. You just, it, it just fires something in the back of your brain where you just want to belt the kid. I hate looking at them too. Key trial testimony against Angela Andrews is expected to come from her husband, who pled guilty in December to murder for his part in the daughter's death, his daughter's death. He was sentenced in January to a 15 years to life prison term. So Ryan Andrews is the husband here. He claims that Shelby had been beaten and abused for at least two years prior to her death. So she had been, I mean, this has been an ongoing abuse here. And why didn't he ever do anything about it? You know, that that's the question. I don't know. He just pled guilty and was like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to jail. I, dude, I, I don't think there is any way. He, my reasons are my own. He definitely pled out here. I mean, I think he plea, he plea bargained. But, I mean, there's nothing else he could really say. So, uh, yeah, she had been beaten and abused for at least two years prior to her death, starting with Angela Andrews repeatedly stomping on the girl's crotch with her heel. Hmm. I don't really understand what that would do. The girl doesn't have testicles. What's it going to do if you stomp on a girl's crotch with your heel? Uh, destroy her pelvis. <laughs> yeah, I guess that might work. The father also admitted to holding the girl's arms and legs while his wife struck the girl between the legs with a Lysol spray can. I think you're under the impression that women have some, like, impervious black hole between their legs just because they don't have a set of balls. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> what? I just was, it was, she's a girl. Well, dude, I thought my foot would just go right through it. I'm not saying she's impervious to pain. I'm what I'm saying here is the fact that she doesn't have balls. It's not going to cause immediate pain. It's just going to like bruise a little bit. Whereas if like she was doing that to uh, uh you know her stepson, he would be in like some serious pain. It'd be uh, you're right, like a bruising, maybe some fractured bones, but not you know cr the crushed grape syndrome. But she was stomping on the girl's crotch with her heel. That yeah. had to hurt. It's still bad. But this I don't even understand. So the husband held the girl's arms and legs while the wife struck the girl between the legs with a Lysol spray can. What's that going to do? And why Lysol? What that? I can't even comprehend that scene. I I, I don't even. How know. old is this girl? Ten years old. Oh. Uh, so I mean, he must have held her down. It goes on. Angela Andrews also repeatedly slammed Shelby's head into the stairs. Earlier on the day Shelby died, Angela forced her to eat her own feces as a punishment because Shelby had had an accident. This was just an evil stepmother. I mean, this is like the classic evil stepmother. She's a witch. 
Yeah, but not very, just kind of retarded. I, I don't understand where she came up with this discipline. I mean, like I... Like a caveman. <laughs> this is like what a caveman would do to his child. What, smash Lysol between her legs? Or a rock or a branch, something like that. Force her to eat her own poo? Sort of, yeah, like a gorilla. So get this, when the father arrived home from work that day, he said he spoke to his wife about the problem she had been having with Shelby. So the, the, the husband here, the father, did try to intervene. Well, they said he held her down. Okay, but this is afterwards. So this maybe is... maybe when it says that he talked to her about the problems they were having, it was like, "Well, Shelby, do you think we should uh, hit her with the lasso all the night, or slam her head in the closet door, or make her drink her own urine? What, what do you think, dude? You know what I bet <laughs> maybe you? that was the conversation. I bet you was just like, "Hey, you know, baby." I think the feces is a little too much. It's a little <laughs> the, too much, okay? The line had been you crossed. cross the line. Lysol's okay. one thing. Slamming her head in the stairs, that's one thing. Feces is too much. So after he spoke to her, they both decided just to shut the girl into a cramp linen closet. Oh, see? Yeah. <laughs> they came to an agreement. It's like, let's just shut the girl in the cramp linen closet. So he says, quote unquote, Angela and I knew the space between the shelving in the closet and the door was too small for her to fit, but we put her into the closet anyway. And then we left the room to go watch television. Dude, you know what that is? <laughs> what? It's an Iron Maiden. That is an Iron they Maiden. Used the cl- they made a makeshift Iron Maiden out, out of, of their a closet. pantry. Yeah. They, they, wow. they, they put her in Iron I, Maiden. I really thought the Iron Maiden was just outmoded, like in the Middle Ages, but apparently it's still in use in other forms. Yeah, I wonder how they shut the door. They must have, like, really, like, leaned into it. To how like, do you really shut the shut door it? of the Iron Maiden? <laughs> But you did get the some Iron... big guy to just shut it. But did the Iron Maiden have spikes? Well, you know, think, of a, shelves. think, of, think of a couple of linen closet shelves just pushing into your back until your back breaks. It's yeah. a, sort of the same concept. What, what I don't understand here is so they like shove her into this Iron Maiden and then he's like, okay, let's go watch Everybody Loves Raymond. It's like, you know, let's go watch TV. Well, everybody does love Raymond. The father said that it's they It's a could... truism. <laughs> it's the title of the show. It must be true. Yeah, that's true. And it helps you forget about your daughter even who's child, being tortured. Even child abusers love Raymond. It's not everybody except child abusers. It's everybody It's loves everybody Raymond. loves Raymond. Yeah, I guess it's all inclusive. So the father said they could hear Shelby calling Hitler out. Hitler loves Raymond. Or would if he was alive. Yeah, he probably would have. But I don't think Saddam there would be... Saddam Hussein loved Raymond. I don't think there would be a show, Everybody Loves Hitler. No, because that's not the name of the show. <laughs> no, it's it's Raymond. Yeah, it's Raymond. So anyway, here, going on here. The father said they could hear Shelby calling out that she could not breathe and was sick and throwing up or feel in, her legs. in her mouth. But they just turned up the TV and just kind of ignored her. That so, Raymond is <laughs> it's funny. It's just like, you know, Raymond's so funny. Let's just turn that up. Oh, okay, that laugh track. I like the dad. That drowns out my dying daughter's cries. And so, yeah, five hours later, they opened the closet door and her lifeless body fell to the floor, according to the father's statement. Do you think they both, the dad and mom, looked at each other at that point and were like, oh, shit. (laughs) You know, I wonder, what do you say? Like, oh, fuck, dude, we killed her. (laughs) We killed her. Upon retrospect, (laughs) maybe that was not such a good idea. I told you the closet was too far, you bitch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what happened. So, yeah, anyway, that's about it here. So uh, now the uh, mother's being tried for murder. The uh, father already betr- was already tried, and, uh, yeah, he's sentenced to 15 years. I'm hoping the mother gets life. In fact, I think both of these people should uh, probably be in prison for life. I think they should get cruel and unusual punishment. It's, it's, it's torture. It's a heinous, depraved act br- They brought something back that should never bring- be brought back. The Iron Maiden. Right. So on the sick and wrong scale, with that in mind... 
Due to the depraved act of torture described in the story, I'm going to have to give this a 9.5. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a 9.4. I, I can understand it has to do with child abuse, which is a bit trite here on Sick and Wrong. But the fact that they use an Iron Maiden, I mean, yeah. they made her eat feces. We got to come up with a different name for that, though. The the closet, the the towel maiden, or the linen closet maiden. <laughs> the linen maiden. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that works. Yeah. Okay, 9.4. I'll take that. Okay. What do you have this week here? You never, you ever hear that saying, um, you know, it's about the way that our courts are run, that it's better to let nine guilty people go free than to imprison uh, or punish one innocent man. Wait, it's better to let nine guilty people go free than to punish one innocent man. Wrongly, I have... wrongly punish. Okay, wrongly punish them innocent right. man. So that's how our courts are set up. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. So, yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to testify against yourself, that sort of thing. You know, the courts are set up, so the benefit of the doubt is given to you as the accused person. Yes, I have heard that. It I hasn't always been that. like that, you know, throughout history. Uh, for it's example, definitely not like that in the Iraq. Spanish Inquisition, where they used the Iron Maiden and that sort of thing, they just threw you in there, and if you screamed really loud, they say you're guilty. If you repented at the last moment but still died, they said, well, he's going to go to heaven. What about the Salem witch hunts? Exactly, same yeah. concept. Well, this uh, story kind of plays with that concept a little bit. Um, you ever hear of the Wisconsin Innocence Project? Maybe no. I'll explain it to you because I'd sort of heard of it, but it's not something I could bring up in my mind at any point in time. But the Wisconsin Innocence Project is the law school of University of Wisconsin. Uh, they do that thing where they will go back and people who have been in prison for years and years, they'll go back and use new DNA testing uh uh, okay, methods yeah. that weren't available when that person went to jail, and sometimes they get people off. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, the, per- sometimes the person's guilty, and they say, oh, yeah, I guess the DNA did, did prove that you uh, you know killed that guy. But they have exonerated like several people over the years. They have exonerated several people, and one of those people is Stephen Avery. Um, and I got to give these guys credit. I, I don't really have a lot of respect for what they do, because I think it's... Well, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but I do respect <laughs> that they left this page up. And put a disclaimer on there. So I'll just read the main page, and then I'll read you the disclaimer. But uh, I'm I'm actually going to paraphrase this. On July 29th, 1985, uh, a woman was brutally attacked, sexually assaulted, and nearly killed on a beach in Manitowoc County, Wisconsin. Um, And the guy that was accused of this rape and uh, near murder was Stephen Avery. Um, Although he had 16 witnesses, including Avery's family and friends, Uh, A bunch of people he worked with, he was with that day, Um, receipts from like shopping trips he'd gone on on that day that, uh, you know, those were his sort of pretty good alibi. Um, But he was still charged with this crime and he was actually uh, convicted of this crime based on uh, an eyewitness account of somebody who said they saw him there raping this or, you know, going with this. So someone actually witnessed the raping. Witnessed them together, I think, before or uh, maybe right after. It doesn't really say. But uh, Avery, as a result, was sentenced to 32 years in prison uh, in March 1986. Uh, Ten years later, in 1995, Avery sought DNA testing on fingernail scrapings taken from the victim victim immediately after the crime. Those tests were inconclusive because the DNA that they got from that and the testing that they had at that time could only show that 
yes, the DNA uh, did have certain similarities to Avery's DNA, but apparently the girl had the same similarities, so they couldn't say whether the DNA was hers or his because, you know, the testing wasn't that great back then. It was inconclusive. Right, so he stayed in jail. Um, In April 2002, the Wisconsin Innocence Project, it just sounds so, I don't know. (laughs) Sounds so holier than that. They're really full of themselves. Yeah. Uh, of the they uni- probably drive hybrids. Uh, yeah. So the Innocence Project at the University of Wisconsin Law School obtained a court order, blah, 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 to use 2002-era uh, DNA testing, uh, and they actually Dude. conclusively okay. proved that he did not rape this woman based on a pubic hair. <laughs> But I guess they just save for like that, 15 that, that, years. That's my question here. Do they just keep like fingernail scrapings and pubic hair and just evidence from like in some room? Yeah, because they repeatedly talk about this single pubic hair that actually matched with some other dude who was already in prison for like six rapes. Uh, that, and they just extended his sentence and, you know, for off until like 200 years or something, whatever zone. Of, oh, so of he sentencing. was convicted of this rape. And murder. A guy who was already in prison for other rapes. So okay. they just tacked, you know, they said it was actually that guy. They tacked more years onto it. September 11th, 2003, Avery walked out of the Stanley Correctional Institution. So they freed him based on this evidence he had served over 18 years in prison for a crime he did not commit did they give him a huge settlement that'll come later okay but here that's the that's the main page and the wisconsin innocence project has been forced to put a disclaimer at the top of the page and this is the disclaimer which i'm also paraphrasing Stephen Avery has recently been accused of the murder of Teresa Halbeck, a 25-year-old woman who was reportedly missing, reported missing on October 31st. This event has shocked and saddened all who have worked at the Wisconsin Innocence Project. <laughs> and our deepest sympathies go out to the family and friends of Miss Halbeck. What a slap in the face. Yeah. The criminal justice system is not perfect, and cases in which innocent people are convicted undermine the system and the public's trust. What they're saying is, yeah, I guess this guy turned out to be a total bastard, but we were getting him off on a crime that he didn't commit. Doesn't doesn't matter that he's a bastard now and that he murdered somebody. They're they're sort of you know giving a mea culpa. Uh, you know we we no, did they, our job. They, we're going to continue to do this job of freeing people for the crimes that they did not commit, even if they happen to be a total asshole. So murderer. so this dude was released from prison. Then he went out and murdered and raped another woman. Yeah. Well, actually, what happened is he sued. Um, you know the uh, the courts and the jurisdiction that convicted him wrongly of this rape and murder. Um, after his release from prison. Uh, you know, after this Wisconsin uh, group, the Innocence Project, got him released from prison, Avery was the toast of the Wisconsin t- state capitol. So apparently, like, people would invite him to dinner. They fed and him. Politicians, and they, like, you know, we, you, thanks for hanging in there and waiting for, you know. Sorry you did those 18 really years. really took it like a champ. And then he's like, I'm going to go out and rape another one. On October 31st, 2005, the same day that Hallback, Hallback went missing, this Teresa Hallback woman, who he's now being charged uh, with killing, uh, the state legislators passed the Avery Bill to prevent wrongful convictions. The bill has since been renamed out of respect for the Hallback <laughs> family. Um, so, What's the new name of the bill? <laughs> they, they didn't say what they renamed it. But uh, he actually, and Avery got, uh, he sued for like $32 million, but he settled for $400,000. Um, this was before this most Did recent crime. Did he get the money? He, his, his proceeds were $240,000, uh, which his lawyer said he exhausted a while ago. 
So on to the facts of today, what, what Avery has been up to after he was let out of prison on this, you know, de- wrongful DNA conviction. Um, Avery is charged with first degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, and being a felon in possession of a firearm. Prosecutors claim he lured photographer Teresa Hallback to his family's auto salvage yard. <laughs> How do you lure a 25-year-old chick... You know, he's an older... How old is this guy? He's an older, doofy guy. I I guess he's like 40, 45. Dude, this girl girl must have been desperate. If she's going to hook up with some ex-con that she probably meets at like a bar or some kind of casino in uh, Wisconsin, and then it's like, oh, we're going to go back to your auto salvage yard. You want to check out where the junked pickups are? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, why not? Actually, they do go on to say that... uh, this She's a photographer, and she went there to take a picture of uh, the Avery family's... Uh, Avery's sister was selling a minivan, so they like hired her to come out and take pictures of this minivan, oh, okay. so they could put it on the auto trader or something. So she was she was deceived. Yeah. Um, inv- investigators found the charred fragments of the missing woman's bones in a pit and barrel near a- Avery's trailer. <laughs> her ve- vehicle. God, that makes so much sense. He lives in a trailer. Yeah, her vehicle, stained with her and Avery's blood, was found in the salvage lot of his his family's salvage lot a few days after the disappearance. Uh, Avery has claimed that he's being framed because of his whole, you know, getting all this money from the the, the police department for b- being wrongly accused in the previous rape. Um, and, and he's saying this is all a big frame up, but, uh, his nephew apparently also participated in this most recent rape and murder apparently. And he's confessed, but then withdrew his confession. So there's some confusion there. Dude, is this like the same family from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I I don't understand how the whole family participates in these like grisly, you you know, my uncles are creepy enough. If they came up and were like, you want to go help me rape this chick and maybe we could murder her later. I'd be like, no. Murder corpse. No, I'm telling my mom, you freak. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, Uncle Leatherface. (laughs) I think I might just uh, stay here and watch Everybody Loves Raymond. (laughs) But I would like to, I would like to sling some shit back at the Wisconsin Innocence Project. Great, awesome name. Uh, A little bit more though, because you could make the case that like, well, yeah, we, you know, he was wrongly accused of a rape. And then he was so jaded from being in prison that then he came out and, you know, yeah, what is he, you know, he's just a, he's a debilitated man from being 18 years in prison, wrongfully accused. What is he going to do except for rape and murder a chick now? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you got to think about it. Had he, did he have a history of a, did he have a, you know, a record? Yes. Of crimes? Yes. So he had a long record of crimes? Well, let me just uh, elucidate that a little bit. At age 18, Avery... This is his rap sheet. At age 18, Avery pleaded guilty to burglarizing a bar and was sentenced to 10 months in prison. When he was 20, Avery and another man pleaded guilty to animal cruelty after pouring gas and oil on Avery's cat and throwing it into a fire. (laughs) Avery was sentenced to prison again for that crime. In 1985, Avery was charged with assaulting and flashing his cousin and possessing a firearm as a felon. Flashing his cousin? And then later for this rape, which we found that he didn't commit the rape, but... So so this guy is a ne'er-do-well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this dude, yeah, this dude is a, uh, is a criminal. Uh, you know what... Uh, you know, I just wonder, what, what, think of the egg on the face here of the Wisconsin Innocence Commission. It's like, well, what are they thinking here? The Wisconsin Innocence Project or whatever it is. It's just like, you know what, dude? You guys let a convicted felon back on the streets. The, the murder of Teresa Halbeck should be on their hands. Well, that could be argued, couldn't it? 
you know, I don't know, dude. I, they're I, definitely standing. How do they sleep at night is what I want to say They're here. backing up on their principles that he was in jail for something he didn't commit. It doesn't matter that he was a, he's a psychopath. Career criminal. Career criminal. Psychopath. <laughs> he should not be in prison for something he didn't do, even if he may have done stuff in the past or is going on to do new things. But in the big picture... The world would be better off if they would have just left him if in prison. If they would have left him in prison, yeah. So she I hope be those dead. interns and, and grad students that work there, yeah, like you said, can sleep at night. It's good. Get off your self-righteous high horse and uh, look at reality, okay? At least if you're going to do that job or whatever, you know, that little idealistic mission that you have going... At least pick and choose the people. Don't yeah. pick the guy who burned his cat and threw it in an oven <laughs> and was flashing his cousin and, you know, robbing yeah, burn the bars. guy who doesn't have a rap sheet, right. you know? Just, I mean, seriously, like, choose the guy who doesn't have the who's rap sheet. truly just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Not God. this guy. And so, I'll have to put a picture up, because if you look at him, it's just, it's just written all over his face. He's going to be up to no good for the rest of his life. So on the sick and wrong scale, what are you, what are you giving this one? This is a difficult one. It is, because this is one of my typical stories that isn't that sick and wrong, I guess. This he, is a typical Wackerly story. He raped this girl, and he burned her up, and he recruited his nephew into the job. So, you know, his nephew's going to go on to a life of crime dude, also. there are obvious sick and wrong elements in this story. I'm just more amused by the fact that, you know, he he's one of these people, and you see them on Nightline and 60 Minutes all the time, and they do these big exposés about how this person spent, you know, 20 years in prison for a crime they did not commit and and it's just it's appalling to think of like being in prison like the worst maximum security prisons for something you did not do but this is the other side of that coin. as soon as he's let out look what happens so i'm gonna give it a 8.7 so on the second wrong scale i mean a woman did die here she was mutilated uh her her corpse was burned and, in, a, uh, in a in a junkyard in a junkyard you know what i'm gonna give it a nine Thank you. I'm going to have to give generous. it a nine. We'll have to see what the uh, sick and wrong audience here has to say about that. Moving, I, think I, I think sometimes I get votes because uh, there's some some ladies out there who like the sound of my voice. I noticed that, actually. You have like several like uh, female listeners that just vote for you. It baffles me. Yeah, they it's do. It's probably my mom. It's, it's not on the basis of your story. They just vote for you. <laughs> it's probably my mom and, and grandmother. my girlfriend. <laughs> and your girlfriend. Yeah, I know. Using pseudonyms. I can count on those two votes, right? <laughs> So, dude, uh, we have another tough listener submission here, another um, formidable listener submission this week. Um, I don't know if our stories are going to stand up to it, but uh, keep in mind, we did stories that did not play the animal card, okay? Mm -hmm. As soon as people do a story that has any cruelty to animals, people all of a sudden start getting weepy, misty-eyed, and they're just like, oh, it's an animal. We need to develop a handicapping system. We almost should handicap for that. Like, if it's an animal cruelty story, it needs to win by a margin of 10 or 15% or something like that. Or something. But you know what, though? This is uh, an article that contains egregious cruelty to animals. So I'm willing to let Well, then it'll get more votes. Then it, will, then it will surmount the handicap. It could. So this article was sent in by about five listeners. We had, You know, I actually found this article. I think, Wackerly, you found the same article. But uh, we had like five listeners send it in. So the uh, I just chose the person who sent in the article first. His name is Adam. He's an, a listener from the UK. It's only fair. So, yeah, he's a listener from the UK. So uh, we're going to choose Adam's story here as the uh, listener submission here for episode 62. So a girl's beloved dog turns into a grisly nightmare. Crystal Brown's world was turned upside down a month ago when Chevy 
Her four-year-old Australian Shepherd mix didn't come home. I told him everything, and he never shared any of my secrets, said Crystal, 17 years old. Okay. (laughs) I got to stop you right there. If she was seven, I would put up with that type of a statement. Not 17. But she's a troubled teen. I hope so. She's a troubled teen. So Crystal's 17 years old. She has had some troubled times in her young life. Chevy was her therapy dog. And she leaned on him for comfort and support. Okay, I'll give her a little more slack, I guess. Two weeks ago, a gift wrap box was left at the house where she lives with her grandmother. And um, uh, I believe, uh, what town is this? I think it's Utah. Okay, no, I'll give Utah. her even more it's slack. Ohio. I'll give her no, even. I'm sorry, it's um, Wisconsin. I'll give her even more slack for having to live with her grandma. That's horrible. Dude, I think she was abused, and uh, I think she had to live with her grandmother. But anyway, uh, so two weeks ago, a gift wrap box was left at the house where she lives with her grandmother. Inside the box, Crystal was horrified to find her dog's head. So her dog had been missing for a few weeks. Someone left a gift wrap box on the doorstep containing the dog's head. This was so cruel, said Crystal. This is one sick twisted person the incident is considered so shocking that the humane society of the united states announced that it was offering a reward of up to twenty five hundred dollars for information leading to an arrest and conviction homicide investigators are looking into the case because of the implied terroristic threat st paul police said okay i'm sorry this is actually this article happened in minnesota Minnesota, happened in minnesota um, so yeah, they're uh, looking into the case because of the implied terroristic and threat. I think they believe that Al Qaeda might have been involved. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> they've got to no. put. They've got to put that. But she's monic- being terrorized. Though. They've got to put that moniker on anything nowadays uh, to get it. You know, it, uh, a lot of emphasis put on the case. If they say that it has terroristic elements, then that brings in like FBI and everything, right? Well, they take it, I think, one level of uh, seriousness. Right. And so it's one level higher. So this was extraordinarily, extraordinarily heinous, said Dale Bartlett, the uh, Humane Society's deputy manager for animal cruelty issues. He's like, I deal with hundreds and hundreds of cruelty cases each year. When I read about this case, it took my breath away. It's horrible. This case, Bartlett said, is far worse than a recent episode in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where a 49-year-old man decapitated three of his kittens because... They were annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Setting the dog's head to the teenager was a malicious act. I think on the last show we talked about you trying to stomp on your old cat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I hope they're not listening. We're, I, I, we're, just, hope... we're lucky that your, uh, your cat was faster than you are. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I, I couldn't imagine what the Humane Society of the United States would have done to me. Well, I would have turned you in for twenty five grand. i will tell you that right now. <laughs> $2,500. Crystal peppered the neighborhood with missing posters and went door-to-door with two photos of Chevy in hopes that someone had spotted him. She rode the bus countless times to the St. Paul Animal Shelter, called there thousands of times looking for the dog. Crystal says, I felt empty. I couldn't talk to anyone. He was my dog. It was just me and him. Then Shirley Brown, the grandmother, came home one day, found a box wrapped in red paper on her front steps with batteries taped to the box. There was a note on the box that said, Congratulations, Crystal. This side up, batteries included. Hmm. Interesting. Shirley Brown placed the box on her granddaughter's bedroom dresser. She said, I was surprised and excited. Crystal thought it was a gift from her cousin. She tore off the paper, ripped open the box. Inside, she found Valentine candy and a black garbage bag. She opened the garbage bag, and then she saw her dog's face. It had to smell a little funky. 
Yeah, but I mean, dude, wouldn't you open the garbage bag? Yeah. I mean, you'd have to. But I would be a little bit wary because it probably smells like a rotten dog's head. So Crystal screamed, ran to the kitchen to find her grandmother and said, Is this my dog? Grandma, no. That's not my dog. Is it my dog? Um, uh, Gray said that investigators, Gray is uh, one of the um, uh, police officers here, said that uh, investigators believe the case is an isolated incident and that the suspect knows the family. Oh, do you think so? <laughs> yeah, probably. We don't nice know police what the, work. I don't think it's Al-Qaeda. We don't know what the motive would be. It's a terrible thing to do to someone's pet. Now, if you look at pictures of Crystal, and uh, I wish, you know, we should almost post pictures on the website. She kind of looks like this... Uh, malcontent goth chick mm. i mean she's kind of hot dude i mean she's she's definitely one of those troubled teens that probably did a lot of drugs was abused by her uh, uncle you know she probably will be a stripper in about five years not <laughs> even no, wait, she's 17 i'm sorry she'll be a stripper next year but uh, if you look at her picture she looks like liz vicious do you know who liz vicious is uh yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to admit but liz vicious is like this teen like porn starlet who's kind of like a goth looking porn starlet who's hot you gotta admit isn't she hot no she's too skinny dude i think liz vicious is pretty fucking hot uh in the realm of internet porn i i have much uh more favorable porn starlets okay wackerly you can admit you've never once pleasured yourself to the side of Liz Vicious. I'm not admitting to anything. <laughs> All right, dude. She's um, she's taken the stage in my masturbation theater at least several times. <laughs> but anyway, this girl looks a lot like Liz Vicious. And I would be willing to conjecture here that probably in about two years, we'll probably be masturbating to her on the internet. Well, let's let's speculate about what's important here. So do you think it was a uh, a jaded boyfriend that did this? It's a jilted lover. Well, that's, that's exactly what happened. That's your vote? My vote is, dude, she obviously has some problems. She, she's got to be a slut. If you look at her picture, she's definitely, she, she's definitely craven. I mean, she's, I mean, you look at her, she's been around the block. She's not a virgin. So I think, I mean, she's kind of, she's coming across in this article as being like, you know, I'm this pious, you know, virginal type of girl. Homeschooled, troubled Yeah, teen. it's like I, I live with my You're grandmother. Uh, you know, I love my dog. I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure she loved the dog. But the thing is, she probably had sex with this guy, cheated on this dude with some other guy. The guy found out. And the only way he could get revenge is by kidnapping her dog, decapitating it, wrapping it up in a gift with Valentine's Day candy, and putting it on her doorstep. Don't you think? I'll give you the Valentine's Day candy. It does point to that. But I am taking, I have a different take on this. They say she lives with her grandma, right? Yeah, she does. She probably lives around a lot of old, other old people, her grandma, wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, her grandmother's old. I'm voting for the curmudgeonly old man neighbor with the immaculately manicured lawn. Who? What's her name? <laughs> Crystal? Crystal. Took this dog out every day. Such a stripper name, And every Crystal. day, this dog crapped on this old guy's lawn. It's all he's got going for him. He's a Vietnam, or he's a World War II vet. You know, he's got a bad elbow and rides his lawnmower around every day. And he, he just had enough of this dog shitting on his lawn every week after week, day after day. And... He hit his breaking point, and this is what happened. Dude, but you got to admit, how, does, how do you explain the Valentine's Day candy and the batteries? Well, old people do love candy. <laughs> Werther's? <laughs> if it was Werther's, I'd, I would guarantee I was right. I wonder if it was those little hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, I don't know. So, um, yeah, 
Chevy, Crystal said, was the best friend she ever had. He was more patient than any person I ever met. That dog waited for years for me to get myself together, said Crystal. All right. Enough about the dog who did not think any of these things. (laughs) She has a new puppy now, another Australian shepherd that uh, she's named Diesel. The puppy's no Chevy. Not yet, anyway. Hopefully, he'll be my best friend, Crystal said. Hopefully, he will be my guide through life. Why does she name all her dogs after car parts or car makes? You know what, dude? I This might sound particularly malicious, <laughs> but I would be willing to wager in about two years, we'll see a video online of Crystal getting boned by her new uh, Australian Shepherd mix. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think so? That's a long ways out to uh, settle a bet, but okay, I'll bet you that. <laughs> All right, so we got to put a picture of her on the website. People can check it out, and then they can t- then if they, if they do find this bestiality video, send it into Sick and Wrong. We'll send you a sticker <laughs> <laughs> in two years. <laughs> so uh, on the Sick and Wrong scale, dude, I mean, it does. It, it's the animal card. It, it wasn't a human that was killed here; it was an animal. But um, I mean. St- it particularly heinous. I mean, His elements think of about Dexter, it. that show Dexter. Yeah, elements of Dexter. Packaging I mean, a, up body, a body part. part. I mean, this girl, I mean, it must have been traumatized from this. Just in terms of just originality, I'm going to have to give it a 9.6. Um, you know what? I'm going to hold back some points because I would like to know, I would like to find out the end of the story and what who actually did it. So I'm only going to give it a 9.3. Although it is, if, if, they, if they could... Tell me, jilted lover. If they could tell me who did it, a hundred percent with a hundred percent certainty, I would give it like a nine point eight. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see. We'll have the uh, sick and wrong listening audience get the final vote here. So, uh, yeah, make sure you submit your vote. Sick and wrong podcast.com. Sick and Wrong is now on SickRadio.com. Well, actually, we got to wrap up the show here. As usual, we tend to get to listener email uh, towards the end of the show. And uh, this uh, week, we've uh, received a lot. I'm going to try to blow through a couple of these. Uh, we received one from our one of our favorite uh, Sick and Wrong listeners, Kendra. Haven't heard from her in a bit. Mm. And uh, she sent us an article. And she was talking about... Our uh, thought experiment we had at the end of episode 61 where we talked about if um, you were a janitor at the hotel where Anna Nicole Smith died and you found her corpse, would you molest it? Right. So Kendra says, okay, straight to the point. She would not hit it. She says she's never found Anna Nicole Smith particularly enticing, even in the thin years. So changing the question, she says, what if it was Angelina Jolie? I barely even had to think about this. I would hit it without a doubt, but I would clarify what I mean by hit it. I wouldn't go down on her, nor would I, I hope not, (laughs) nor would I try to shove her lifeless fingers in my sex hole. The idea of tasting a corpse, even a fresh one, or putting part of one inside of me really creeps me out. No measure of hotness would change my mind on that. But I would definitely fondle her titties and grind on her, and maybe a finger, maybe finger her a bit or caress her hair. Is she? Is she? What if uh, all the third world orphan adopted children are in her? Were in the room? Would she still do that? <laughs> just watching? <laughs> if they were just watching, that might actually kind of kill the mood. You Maybe I, I don't know. Kendra's into some weird stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure she'll email us and let us know. By here. the way, her name is Kendra. <laughs> Kendra. Okay. So <laughs> I think we always just 
brutalize her name here, don't we? We're just trying to respect her anonymity by changing her name. <laughs> so she says, let me state, though, the proposed situation in my response would change entirely if the corpse involved was male. It wouldn't matter if he was a perfect 10. If it's a dead guy, I would be incredibly reluctant to even touch him, let alone do anything amorous to him. I can't really explain why, but my decision would hinge entirely on the gender of the body. Whatever, Dude. sexist. <laughs> I know. Isn't that just a sexist remark? Yeah, I think it is. But you know what, dude? I don't know if the guy would be able to get it up for her anyway. So, uh, <laughs> Have you she ever might heard be rigor disappointed. <laughs> Does that affect your dick? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, we also got a thank, thank you, Kendra, for uh, sending that in here. Very enlightening. And you know what? I wonder if that, if it, do you think that counts for all the female listeners? What, the, the, the specifics about Angelina Jolie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think no, most... No, I don't. But do you think it counts for most female listeners if it was a dude, they wouldn't touch him? Oh, that part. Yeah. I think, yeah, I do. Okay, well, you know what? Other females listening to the show, why don't you, why don't you write us and uh, tell us? I mean, maybe if it was Mel Gibson. <laughs> if it was Mel Gibson's course. <laughs> the story would change. Dude, like, you wouldn't molest that one. So, uh, Johnny R. Mad here sent us another email, and uh, I believe this guy is from Denmark. Uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny says here, it's not a strikingly new thing that here in Scandinavia, we are more perverted than the rest of the world. But I just want to tell you that it has become increasingly popular for old perverted men from all over Scandinavia to visit Denmark and their animal brothels where you can fuck pigs and horses and whatever you fancy for a pretty large amount of money because in Denmark it's legal. So bestiality apparently is legal in Denmark. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but what's particularly disquieting in this, they have animal brothels there. What is that? What is that? A farm? Like a barn? Is that, is that what an animal brothel is? I hope the animals aren't being used for other farm purposes, like producing milk or anything, because I don't want, you know. Dude, you I'm know, never going drift. to eat Danish cheese no. ever again. No. He says the most popular animal is a Shetland pony. I can't remember. It's yeah, a Shetland you know pony. I can't remember the name of. It was all over the news for a while, but I've forgotten the name of the Shetland pony. Oh, you mean a specific Shetland pony? <laughs> yeah, there's a specific Shetland pony that apparently is the whore of Denmark. Just a huge gaping vagina. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I kind of wonder how uh, Johnny here knows all the details. It's uh, rather... Maybe he, wor maybe he works there. Rather unsettling. Uh, moving on here, final email we got was from Fat Ninja Kid, who's another uh, uh, sick and wrong uh, listener, frequent emailer. He says, Hey, when are you going to get the forum on your website to work? I want to read the other listeners' suggestions and comments and shit. Might be funny. Well, I guess. Regards and shit, Fat Ninja Kid. And so it brings up an interesting point. Yeah, Wackerly, when are we going to get that forum up there? Well, you know what I did this week? I got the t-shirt and sticker store going. So we do have the uh, store going. So as of this podcast airing, you can go and buy t-shirts and stickers. And maybe even a Mel Gibson book. <laughs> only, <laughs> Actually, one in, only one in stock. <laughs> You know what? Maybe we should put up that Mel Gibson book. Since you didn't pay With our signatures. Since you didn't pay anything for it, pure profit. Did you re-gift that? You're a bastard. No, I'm going to sell it. You re-gift it, you're I'm a gonna, bastard. I'm going to sell it. I'm not re-gifting it. God, what a bastard. We'll see. I might keep it. But what I'm saying here is one step at a time. So we got the store going right now at sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can buy a t-shirt. You can buy a sticker. 
Give us a little time here to do the forum, okay? Yeah, it only took me like three months to do the store. Come on. <laughs> you know, we're not typical podcasters here. This isn't our life. You know, we do have jobs <laughs> that we have to go to every day. Yeah. You God know, so damn. yeah. Don't remind well, me. But we will be working on the forum because I do think it's a good idea. I mean, listeners can sub, you know, sit there and comment. I'm sure we get some judging by the emails we read every week, I'm sure we get some pretty interesting uh comments i just like to prepare anybody who's going to go to the forums once they are up they're going to be very minimally moderated <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of bullshit on there and that does not get deleted because we just don't have time i don't even think we need to moderate dude our audience can just bicker amongst themselves yeah flame each other spam yeah. the boards i don't care so anyway as of this week go to sickandwrongpodcast.com check out the store buy yourself a sick and wrong t-shirt wear it around your town and i guarantee you'll probably not get laid, okay? When you're wearing the Sick Rock t-shirt, you probably will not get laid. It might but, give you negative game because yeah. <laughs> you might be about to get laid and then the girl or guy in question will see the t-shirt and be like, yeah, I'll talk to you later, it's like a, which they won't. They will not call back. It's like holding a book, walking around with a book of Mel Gibson's uh, films. Yeah. You know, just walking around a book, just like holding that Mel Gibson <laughs> Or with book. a Mel Gibson t-shirt on. Yeah, yeah, that could be. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening to uh, episode 62 here of Sick and Wrong. That about wraps it up. Stay tuned next week. We'll be back with episode 63. Until then, take it sleazy. I shall fall for grace of God Where no doctor can relieve me If I'm buried beneath the sun But the angels won't see me Let me go, boys, let me go, boys Let me go down in the mud Where it's all a dry Always serves was the proud line of a fighter It belongs to us and them Not to any of the others Let them go, boys Let them go, boys Let them go down in the mud When it's all dry Fall for grace of God, we're an old doctor can't believe.